Welcome to the Abortion Recovery Network podcast. We are group leaders helping group leaders with abortion recovery ministry through informal and casual conversations. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas, founder and board chair of the National Memorial for the Unborn, and Mindy Lefeshore, founder of An Even Place Virtual Abortion Recovery Ministry. As I began An Even Place in January 2022, I wanted to talk with other abortion recovery ministry leaders to share the vision I had and learn whatever I could about abortion recovery ministry. As I talked to some amazing women who I now call friends, I was surprised to learn they were as eager as I was to hear from other leaders. An idea was birthed to start a podcast of leaders by leaders for leaders from all over to share experiences, ideas, challenges, joys, and learn from one another while doing your laundry, cooking your dinner, or driving in your car. Linda and I met the fall of 2022. I shared this idea with her and she jumped on board. Our desire is to allow you to enter our conversations with other abortion recovery leaders, learn the nuts and bolts of how they lead their groups, and connect with one another to build a strong network of leaders helping leaders reach the millions suffering with an abortion experience. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Mindy Lefeshore. Linda is not joining us today uh, for this podcast. Um, she is away, but I have Renee Kitchen with me from If Not For Grace. They are a standalone abortion recovery ministry, and we're going to be talking about oh, just all kinds of fun little things that hopefully will help your ministries along. And just by way of reminder, Abortion Recovery Network will be Come Forward With Purpose podcast January 2024. And if you are interested in learning a little bit more about um, why we're changing the name, I did a podcast on this um, just a week or two ago. So you can go back and look. It's just me talking about um, why we're going to change the name. And uh, anyhow, um, okay, so I'm just going to let Renee take it over and share a little bit about um, her story, how she got here, and um, what If Not For Grace does. Go ahead. Well, thanks, Mindy, for having me on today. It's an honor to just have space to share how the Lord brought me to this work and also um, just what we do as a ministry and how it's impacting women and men's lives. So um, as Mindy said, my name's Renee Kitchen. I am a very busy mother of four teenagers, um, been married for 22 years. And for most of my 22 years of marriage, I was a stay-at-home mom and um, grew up in church. My dad's a pastor. Um, can't even remember a time in my life where I wasn't involved in Christian community. And um, that's an important part of my story in that um, I've been involved in the church world and in church ministry for so long. And about seven years ago, when I got introduced to If Not For Grace, um, the Lord opened my eyes to just a whole nother world of um, people that need his love and his light and his hope and that the church really wasn't reaching well. And so for some reason, he plucked me out of this, um, what I feel like was just kind of obscurity in ministry and put me right on the front lines of an area that desperately needs um, the love of Christ. So um, that's how I got involved. I'm a worship leader and um, If Not For Grace has a weekend retreat, which I'll talk about, and they were needing a worship leader for that retreat. And so I answered the call and within five minutes, I, I realized my life was really forever changed. I got to see God move in ways that I'd never seen 
And um, so I started volunteering regularly. And four years ago, I came on staff as the executive director. And I think it's really important to note that um, somehow I find myself in this very high level leadership role in a ministry that is for women impacted personally by abortion. And that is not my story. It is not a decision that I made for myself. Um, honestly, was pretty ignorant to how prevalent it was, especially within the church until I came in contact with, if not for grace. Um, and so I often ask the Lord why I'm here. And he hasn't given me a super clear answer yet, other than um, he can use anyone and he can use hearts that are full of compassion and grace to bring healing to others. It doesn't matter our backstory. We're all broken and in need of a savior. And as long as you keep that in view, I think he can use you. I know he can use you um, for his glory and for others. Good. Yeah, that's a so, beautiful story. And just so the listeners know, Renee and I have known each other for just a little bit now. And, um, but I haven't heard her story. So this is my first time hearing a little bit about how she got involved. I knew that uh, you did not have an abortion in your past. Um, and I love that you say, yes, God can use anyone. I mean, our experiences don't qualify us for ministry. It's the gospel that qualifies us because in reality, none of us are qualified for ministry. We're all broken people. We're all in need of him. And we just get our desires changed when we give our life to the Lord and we become Christians and our desires become his desires. And bam, here we are working in areas sometimes that don't even pertain to us experientially. So I just, yeah, think I, was, I just feel sometimes like, uh, you know, what, what, where did, how did this happen to me and how, how did I get involved here? Uh, but it feels like such an honor to be yeah. doing something. So few people really are. Yeah. Yeah. And what, when you were volunteering, what, what, what were you doing? What were the things you were doing? Music for their retreats. Um, I did all of their um, retreats for about two, two and a half years. Once I did it the first time. And then they went through some leadership change. And during that process, I got approached, um, first of all, to join the board. And while I was in the process of um, considering that decision, then I got asked to be the executive director. Okay. So it's a windy, curvy story how I got here. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that how God does things? And mm -hmm. so just to uh, be clear, because you did break up, is you were doing music for the retreat for those years. I was doing music, yes. Okay, great. Great. Well, what I want to talk to Renee about is if, if not for Grace, been around for 20 years, I think you celebrated 20 years this year, correct? Congratulations. Correct. That's amazing. Um, these ministries are usually very young if they are, um, if they, especially if they're standalone. So um, because you've had 20 years of, of history in ministry and you came in with a lot of stuff probably set up, you might have to, I'm sure you're tweaking things and making things more efficient, but um, I want to just kind of talk about your intake process. I think um, at least for myself, um, I, I'm interested in this. When I worked in the pregnancy center, the intake process was, I felt ridiculously long. It was just mm -hmm. um, information after information and stuff that they were putting down on paper, which would have been better to discuss, you know, in person, like at least you know, well for us, I'm virtual by phone, but you know, face to face, just um, getting that person, feeling the rapport of okay, who am I giving this information to, right? Um, so I chose when I when I started this ministry to make a very very small um, entryway 
into um, getting in contact with me. So they give me very little information up front. And then when I call them, I get more information and I've developed sort of a intake over the course of the last couple of years since I've been doing this particular ministry, but I'm not entirely happy with it. So I want to talk about yours, what that looks like and, um, and probably all the facets of that, because I'm the group leader and I'm the intake person. I'm the everything, right? And that's probably the case for many ministries that are out there, but because you guys are developed and have been around, you have different people doing different things, helping these ladies walk. And I just want to give our listeners an idea of what that looks like. And so if they're thinking about, okay, how can I get some of this stuff off my plate? What does that look like? So Mm -hmm. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. So, um, having been in ministry for 20 years, our intake process has definitely had its own journey. And I would agree with you. Um, sometimes if you ask too much of people up front, it it's overwhelming and maybe causes a bit of pause. And so in the last couple of years, we've adjusted as well to, to keep it minimal, but to get the information that we need to move forward. So right now, currently, um, with all of our years of experience, what we have developed is, well, we get um, people from so many different types of avenues. So we don't have just one source or one referral source um, into the ministry. And so, you know, if someone's being referred to by a pastor versus a pregnancy center versus a friend versus a Google search, I mean, they're just, there needs to be a little bit um, of a more neutral way to put all of them you know, to the, through the right funnels or like into one funnel. So um, if you have things that are a little too invasive or religious or whatever, and someone's outside of that, it can cause a barrier right away. So with that being said, currently right now, our, um, we have, you can call into the ministry that doesn't happen very often. And we could do set up an intake and all of that. But most of the time people reach out just via the website. We have two steps on the website. Um, This is fairly new for us, but I highly recommend it. And if anyone wants to get this from us, we give it freely, but we have a abortion trauma assessment. When you go to our website, it is the very first thing they see. Um, And why we developed this was um, it is vastly um, more successful when someone recognizes their own need for help versus someone telling them they need help. Yes. And so- is a short 10 or 12 questionnaire, uh, question questionnaire that basically takes them through the PTSD symptoms that they might be experiencing after their abortion experience and helps them start connecting the dots. Like, oh, I didn't think about the fact that I don't sleep well or that I'm triggered by certain times of the year or my relationships have been volatile ever since that day. I didn't ever, I never put two and two together. So after they complete that assessment, Okay. Can I, may I jump in real quick? I just want to ask a question on that. So the actual purpose of the assessment is for them to see their need for healing. Yes. Okay. So are you using that to assess their, where to, where to place them? Like, do you just, well, first, let me back up. Do you offer more than one curriculum? We don't right now. Um, that is going to change within the next year, most likely. Um, as we're working to develop our own kind of curriculum, I guess we're, I'm, I'm hesitating calling it curriculum. Um, but yes, we have right now, we only use one. We use one for men separate than the one we use for women. Okay. Are you, and, and real quick before you go on, are you seeing a need to, um, uh, well, first of all, which study are you using? 
We use Her Choice to Heal by Sydney Massey. Her Choice to Heal. Okay. And is it how I've not actually, I have it on my shelf, but I haven't like looked closely at that. So I'm curious, is this like heavy, like forgiven and set free is very heavy. So it's not really good material for somebody who's fresh, freshly off of their abortion experience or in it, or, um, even for somebody that's not a Christian. I mean, it's good because it's scripture, but sometimes it's very too meaty, too weighty for them. Um, so are you finding that in the assessments that the, the ladies are going through this just fine and that it's not too weighty? I think it depends on how you look at it. Um, I wouldn't say it's too heavy. It really follows um, Sydney's own story through her healing. Um, if anything, we've added to it to to give a little bit more spiritual depth um, to okay. in those connections. Not that she doesn't do a great job connecting the dots to scripture and all of that, but there are certain topics. What I would say is it's a bit dated in that as people understand more about how trauma affects people, mm -hmm. some of the areas that she kind of tends to move quickly through, we feel like we need to pause and spend a little more time with. So it's been excellent. It's worked for us well, but as the demographics of who we're serving is shifting, we're realizing it's not maybe the best uh, material for our particular um, ministry because of who is now reaching out to us. Okay. That's good. Okay. Go mm -hmm. ahead. So what, what is after they fill that out, what happens? Mm -hmm. So at the end of that assessment, um, and it's asking questions like, do you feel disconnected from people, um, but angrier that now than I did before my abortion, things like that. We're just trying to help them connect the dots when they submit that, um, they're encouraged, you know, we, we tell them it sounds to us like, your emotions probably come and go. Um, and if you would really like to talk to someone and take your next step, here's your intake form. So then our intake form used to be really complicated and long, like you were describing <laughs> with your um, pregnancy center intake. It, we asked too many invasive questions. You know, what do you believe about God? How long have you been in church? All the, those sorts of things, which really isn't relevant to just understanding where they are in their um need to go ahead and get started or right, whatever. Right. And so those are things we do in a face-to-face, -face, like you were saying. So we've, we've narrowed that down to like 10 or 12 questions as well. Um, asking specific information, like how many abortions have you had? How long ago was it? Who knew? Um, are you on medication? Have you gone through any sort of support or healing? We just want to get a, a, an idea of how close they are to their experience and then maybe what they've done to cope. Um, since they've made that decision. And so it's pretty non-invasive. So after they do that, um, so before our on, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't want to go back too far, um, get too far ahead and go back on the intake. So uh, just so I understand they're doing the assessment on the website and then are you emailing them the intake at that point? It is an automated on our system. Once they submit that assessment, um, they get a little pop-up that then has like, if you want to click the intake, you know, and do it, you can do it right there. It also is a standalone on our website as well. Sometimes we get just straight intakes. Sometimes we only get the assessments, but we capture their information. So depending on what step they take, we still have an ability to reach out to them and follow up. And I'm just out of curiosity, um, what is the reasoning behind making those things both available so that they just fill out one or the other. I mean, do you require that, that both eventually get filled out if they go through group? The assessment, we don't. It really okay. is just a tool. It is just a tool for them. 
a lot of times if they're referred by someone else, um, they'll just fill out the straight intake because they've already told someone I need help. Got it. Okay. And so the intake, um, you're finding that they're not, they're, they're not opposed to filling that out. I've heard it said that, I don't know if it's millennials or the next generation, I don't even know what generation we're in now, um, just don't like to fill out forms. Yeah, that's why we've shortened it. And I will say, um, I, I knock on wood because, you know, things could change tomorrow. Um, ever since we added the assessment, which was about 18 months ago, we've had like a 90% success rate that people will then fill out the intake. So it's been a very wow. effective tool. It's that's very high. really good to know. I, yeah, I, I know. I want that. Um, yeah. I definitely want to see both um, your intake and your assessment, even if I have to go fill them out. But if you have a PDF, that'd be great. Um, yeah. to share yeah. and just knowing, do you have a Pete? Actually, let me ask this. Do you have a PDF of both of those? No. no. Okay. So no. how do you share those with people that want to use uh, them? They just, if they wanted it, then we could create that for them. We could, I mean, you know, I, I almost want to say like, you're more than welcome to, um, just look at it and write your own, make your form, but these questions are effect effective, but yeah, we would be more than happy to print, okay. you know, make okay. a PDF. So when we go out to the website, it's a full on, like we can see the whole form. It's not like one question you have to fill up before you get to the next. Okay. Correct. All right. That's good to know. Okay. So they fill out the intake form. Um, and now this goes to who? Um, once the intake form is done and um, it goes to our communications um, coordinator and she reaches out um, within 48 hours. We used to say 24. And I, it, to me, I'm an impatient person. And I want to make sure we make that contact. But, you know, if something comes in on a late Friday night or a late Saturday night, you know, we aren't 24-7. So we want to give a little bit of space. Um, so within 48 hours, they get a phone call. Um, not an email, not a text, a phone call. Not everyone will answer, but they get a phone call from our communications person and they say, you know, hey, we're so proud of you for reaching out for help. Um, we would love to get you set up for an intake interview. Here are the times available for us in the next week or two or do any of those work. And then okay. she'll set um, with our, then our services director um, to do an intake interview and which we do via Zoom or um, in person, depending on where they live. Okay. And just real quick, going back to that first call. So mm -hmm. they call, say um, your communications co coordinator calls, they get a voicemail, you know, and they don't call back. How many times do you reach out and do you, do you reach out email and text by at that point? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, yeah. So most of the time we do get voicemails because they don't know who we are. You know, people don't answer um, unfamiliar mm -hmm. phone um, so she'll leave a voicemail and she'll tell them in the voicemail, I'm also going to email you and then I'll text you in a couple of days as well. So our kind of, it's not really a policy, but our kind of standard is we'll reach out three times. So that's the initial, we'll reach out a couple of days later and then maybe like a week or two later. Yeah. And then, then, you know, we have to move on even though, and then they stay within our system. So they're getting our emails and our updates and all of that. Um, but we can't chase everyone yeah. that reaches yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, any more than that, you almost become a nag and mm -hmm. um, just a little bit too much. And mm -hmm. if they're just not going to reach out, they're not going to reach out. I mean, some women just want to fill that out. And it's almost like that little pressure relief valve releases right. some of that pressure. And it's just that it's that step that they needed and they're not ready for any other steps. So that's the beautiful thing. Okay. So yeah. it goes now to the services director. She's doing the actual intake interview. So she's got the intake. She's 
reading her answers, if she filled everything out, do you require that they fill every spot out for it to be submitted? No, um, we have, you know, their name, phone number. I think how many, there's a few questions that are, um, I'm actually, I can look at it right here. Hold on. Um, but yeah, we, once again, we don't want to create any barriers. Okay. We don't to feel like they're having to sign their life away. Got it. Um, but I think we have a handful that we require um, info just so that we have what we need to reach back out to them. Got it. Okay. And so when she's going over the intake, what is she, is she asking anything different or other than, or is she digging deeper? What's that look like? Yeah. So I pulled that up so I could um, share that with you. So we have what we call a script for the intake story. Um, so when someone does connect with our communications person and schedules an intake and then meets with our services director, um, our services director will share her own abortion story. So anyone doing intakes, I mean, it's very important to us that they are someone who has experienced abortion okay. because this might be someone's very first time ever telling anyone. And we want to immediately let them know they're not alone and right. what experience and what they're feeling. So she'll introduce herself, you know, explain a little bit about the ministry and what they're getting ready to engage in. And this takes 90 minutes to two hours. It's a long time um, because we want to make sure they have as much space to share everything and anything um, that they feel they need to share. And it gives us really good insight on how to meet their needs. Right. And okay. So I think that sounds really good. I love that. So your communications coordinator doesn't have to have a abortion in her past necessarily because right. they're not right. having a lot of conversation. No, they're kind of just that the go between um, our services director who was doing intakes and then getting people plugged into groups. As you can imagine, that's a very emotionally taxing position. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to of the chasing after people off of her plate um, and just put it on someone else that can you know, handle more than one at a time. Um, so it's been working well for us. We've been really busy the last month. So it's been a good trial run on does this system work? Um, so this script for the intake story then has very detailed questions. Okay. Um, okay. And we don't go over all of them. You know, she just kind of, they're there to help guide. Um, some women are really, you know, you really have to pull information out of them. Other times they're just really ready to share. And so it just right. gives us a real hefty toolbox. Yeah, I think that's great. I'd love to. And will you share that too? If anybody yeah. wants to see that. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, okay. So you have a really good intake process and you're not finding, so it sounds like this is a new sort of process, like the system and the way it's going right now is sort of new to you. And you're not finding that they're, the ladies aren't feeling like they're being handed off. It, right. They, they feel like they're being cared for through this process. Yes. That was okay. a fear. And that okay. really was, but what it has done is made, made sure no one falls through the cracks. Okay. If one person is responsible for it all and you get five in a week or six in a week, it's very possible. Some of that chasing gets lost. And so yes. it has made us look more professional and helped us be more intentional with um, just the process so that they do feel really cared about that someone's actually pursuing them in a very um, strategic and intentional way. Okay. That's good. And so the communications coordinator, do they have acts? Are they scheduling it for the services director? So they yeah. basically are scheduling the service director's calendar. 
Yes, um, for the intake process. Yes, we have a separate calendar um, that the, the we have a couple of people that help our services director when it gets busy. And so they put their availability out there each week and then she just can plug them in um, and then they'll let them know like, hey, you have an intake interview scheduled for two o'clock on Tuesday. And they'll Got, know. It. Got it. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, and then um, let's see. So they get to the services director. How long is it before they get plugged into a group generally? Yeah, so that's a, another great question and another not new but newer um, step to our intake process. We are we we're cyclical in our services. We offer four sessions of recovery group each year. Um, we do a winter, spring, summer, fall kind of thing, and um, if someone reaches out two weeks into our winter session, they got to wait until the spring. Um, and so that's not great. We don't love that, but it's just realistic with the staff and the volunteers that we have. And um, because we're being reached out to from all over the country and even all over the world, um, like you were saying, that little pressure relief valve goes off and they feel a little bit better and we're going to lose them if they have to wait before another group starts. So we offer two, we offer a couple things. If we gauge that they really need to get going and like, you know, we're going to lose them, we'll ask if they're okay to do a one-on-one. So they'll just do a one-on-one group. Um, we have quite a few people willing to do that. We don't recommend that um, as much just because it's so important for them to be in that community, but it's understandable. And some people really aren't going to be a great fit for a group. They've got a lot going on and need lots of space or they're, you know, a high profile person that doesn't really want their business being put out there. So we want to make sure that's an option. The other thing that we've developed is something called a care coach and you could call it whatever you want. Um, but that if a person does an intake, goes through the process to be interviewed and then says, yes, I want to do the recovery group. And even if they're just awaiting a week, but let's say they're waiting three or four weeks, we immediately pair them with a volunteer in the ministry that is going to start encouraging them, reaching out, asking how they can pray, trying to get to know them. Um, and that those care coaches go through some extensive training to make sure there's good boundaries in place. But what it is, is it's like, a continual thread. So that care coach, you know, holds their hand into the group, encourages them throughout the group. And then after the group encourages them then to walk into whatever God has for them next. So it's a kind of a longer term commitment for someone, but it's less intense. It's just a once a week, you know, Hey, how are you doing? How did a group go last night? Or what can I be praying for you? Or, Oh, the Lord woke me up and I have this really wonderful verse I want to share with you or how'd your daughter's birthday party go? It's just a, a way so that they feel seen, really seen and cared for. Yeah. Um, and we, I, ask, we ask them if they support. Um, it's not a requirement, but you know, a lot of them will say yes, please. Cause they're desperately needing mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. community. Yeah. You know, last spring I had um, several women contact me right about the same time we'd already started a group. I didn't know my, I knew my next group wasn't going to be until the fall. At that point, I was the only one doing groups in this ministry. So I really needed to make sure I took um, sufficient breaks. But what I did with those ladies um, is I asked them, I said, would you want me just to check in with you weekly? I tried to find them a group. I don't, I don't put them on a wait list. I do try to plug them into a group. Like I'll contact you or I'll contact some people in different areas that I know do virtual because I, I don't want them to wait. And I don't, I don't want to hold on to them because I don't have any right to them. But, um, I just asked them until they got in a group, Hey, 
do you want me to check in with you once a week? How would that feel? And so I just put everybody on Wednesday because that made it easier for me to remember, you know, and I just, every Wednesday in my calendar, check in with so-and-so until it just got to the point where it felt like they just didn't need me or they got into a group or, you know, and it just kind of, it faded away and that was okay. But I think for them at that time, it was important. And so I like that. And that's kind of what a care coach does. And I'm interested to know more about that. That's probably people who don't necessarily have abortion in their past either. Correct. So I love what you're doing because I love these ideas of getting the church involved in this ministry in a deeper level where they can get closer to these women, because the women need to understand that people who don't have abortions love us. They love us just the same. The majority of them love us and understand forgiveness is like, uh, we need forgiveness, just like everybody else needs forgiveness. And there are, it's, it's the few, it's the minority that are screaming on the other side. You know, these women need to be locked up and for murder and all this other stuff. So I am always looking for ways to get the church involved. And right now, the ways that I've done also, you know, when you're one person, you have so much capacity, right. <laughs> to manage right. people. So, right. um, I've done some other ways, but I love this, letting them step in closer to the ministry, taking some of that burden off of me, if you will, and caring for these gals as they go. I had, um, one lady last year who wanted to get closer and she actually stepped in as a prayer partner is what I called her. And I, she, um, she has extensive school training, like as a teacher with, um, 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 special needs. So I knew she had a lot of training. And so I told her, you know, here's some boundaries I want you to understand and keep, cause I don't want her to, I don't know where she's at as far as how much she might in, invade those boundaries. And I want you to know that I don't expect you to be her all right. And so we kind of talked a little bit about boundaries and I talked to the participant about boundaries. I just wanted her to know this is what she's here for. She's not to do anything else for you, you know, and, um, cause I didn't want her asking for money or, you know, I didn't know how it was going to look, but I just didn't, I was kind of, a, kind of trying to guard against some of that. Anyway, I, I think it worked out well for a while. Um, but I would love to know more about how that, that training looks, what you guys yeah. are training them on and what their conversations are looking like. So I'd love to have more of a conversation with you about that at another time. So if anyone else is interested, you can con not that Renee, it's not like you're not busy. You're super busy. <laughs> I know you are. Cause I, I, we talk too frequently, but, um, you know, if, if somebody listening is interested in developing a team where mm-hmm. they can get some of this off of their shoulders, um, at least they know that you're available and yeah. And I have a heart of a teacher. I mean, I get the most excited when I'm able to share so that you out there don't have to reinvent the wheel or, you know, if we can make your load easier. That makes me very excited. And I just want to back up. I know we're Go ahead. probably we're close. Yeah. <laughs> we will absolutely refer on. I don't think I made that clear, especially oh, okay. if we're in the middle and we really feel like they need help. We utilize the H3 helpline. It's a 24 seven line. Mm-hmm. We'll say, Hey, call, they might know, or we have started to develop a little bit of a list as well, but because we're getting reached out to from all over the country, sometimes we don't know what's out there. So the H3 has a helpline has a much better directory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree that people are not ours. They are God's and healing is his. And so yeah. um, we don't want anyone to ever feel like we're trying to hold on to them. Or, yeah. But so many people say, well, no, I feel safe with you. I want to move yes. forward with you. And so yes. I just sure that's clear. And um, we are more than happy to refer on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I want to just say real quick, because some of the listeners don't know what the H2 helpline is. Um, I coached on the H2 helpline for a while. I was a, um, a helpline coach. That's something that you can do. It's 24 seven helpline for anybody struggling with the past abortion experience, the emotional trauma of it. Um, and they do refer. And when they refer, they refer only to sources they know that are doing full-time abortion recovery ministry. And so if that's what you're doing and it's your sole focus, you want to get on their list so that if there's somebody in your area, they can contact you because they like to give an in-person, but we're going to have Terry Baxter, who is the director. And just as a plug, we're going to have her on next year. So we're going to talk more about the H3 helpline in detail so that you guys know more about it and you can use it as a tool, like Renee is saying. So um, usually the ladies that I get come from the H3 helpline. So I'm not referring to it, but that's a great idea for the, for the few that do come to me that aren't ready and like, well, okay, that's a good resource. They can help you find a group too, if I can't. So that I'll have to try to remember that as well. But we, today we are at the end of our time. And so uh, there are other things that I would love to talk to you about Renee, and um, maybe we can um, have another discussion another time, but I think this is super informative. At least it was for me. It encouraged me. It helped me. And, um, I hope for anybody listening that you learned about how you could expand your team and take some of that uh, burden off of you so that the ladies are properly cared for and nobody's feeling, uh, over amount of weight. Um, you know, because those intakes are weighty you know, ch chasing people down is a weighty thing right now. I do it all by myself. So I understand it's like, I, I have one lady who's helping me now do a few intakes. And I'm like, can you please take this intake <laughs> right now at the end of this second year, I'm feeling that weight, And I don't, that's not a, that's not a good place to be. And so I do need to start getting some of that off of my plate. So thank you, Renee, so much for your time. I appreciate it. And thank you for your expertise and your wisdom and all of this other good stuff that you brought to us. So well, thank you for having me on. It's so much fun to share um, just the ways God's taught us so that we can help yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye.